0: Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now
1: here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Wynn-Pace. Uh, she is a well-known stock picker, investment analyst, speaker, uh, all-around great person. Great to be with you, Natalie.
2: Thanks for having me, Jordan. I really enjoy talking with you. They're always engaging.
1: Ah, uh, just for people who haven't heard about you before, just kind of give a brief summary of your career and how you've gotten to where you are today.
2: Well, I think what's different about my journey is that I'm uh, my degree is in English literature. So I got into as I always say I got dragged into this bu- business kicking and screaming. So um, as a young single mom, things weren't adding up, and so I started investing in stocks uh, around two thousand. A lot of my girlfriends lost 78% of their NASDAQ holdings, which is the losses that NASDAQ suffered during that time between 2000 and 2002. And during that time, I almost tripled my money. And so they all came to me and said, please teach us what you know. And then it just exploded from there. I met steve forbes and started a joint venture with forbes.com and the forbes.com video network and um you know started interviewing ceos started really uh fine-tuning my strategies so they could be an easy system for others and you know now we are here in 2018 and these strategies have worked fantastically through two recessions and have outperformed the bull markets in between
1: So let's talk about some of those strategies. Uh, One of the things you're known for is being a very good stock picker. You have one stock each year that you really think is the best. What is the process you go by to pick uh, the stocks that are winners for you?
2: Well, I use uh, what I call a stock report card and also a three-ingredient recipe for cooking up profits. So um, you know, you kind of use them hand in hand and those strategies are outlined in my first book, which was put your money where your heart is or you versus wall street in paperback. Um, so basically what you're doing is you're lighting up the competition. I want to see uh, fast growth. Uh, what I say is to a lot of people who come to my retreats is, you know, when you see fast growth, what you're seeing basically is that there's just a million things going right from the executive suite. Uh, All the way through the manufacturing process into that shelf where you buy what you love for the price you can, you know, that you're willing to pay for it. Um, I also want to see, you know, it's it's interesting because a lot of people will say, oh, if the PE is low, then it's a good company. I always say, no, the price earnings ratio can help you in the third ingredient of three ingredient recipe for cooking up profits. First thing you want to do is know about the, you know, what you're talking about. So you don't want to go in like, you know, a lot of people did with cryptocurrency. They didn't know anything about it. And they got a couple of emails and they joined an MLM club. And before they knew it, they were completely fleeced so you want to make sure you know about it and then you want to know how to pick the leader and then you want to buy low sell high and price to earnings ratio can, can be helpful one helpful tool not the most helpful tool in the price but it's not at all helpful in picking the leader and I think that's where a lot of people go wrong
1: So let's go through say the last three years of what your number one stock pick was so tell us what it was for 2016, 2017, and 2018 and just a little bit on how you picked them and how they worked out
2: well, I have, as you might realize or you might not realize, I stopped my stock newsletter in 2015 so that I could start investing uh, with my partners again. Because yes. when you have a stock newsletter, you always have to uh, do your own investments after you report on it. So, um, but I can tell you some of the hits that we've had in the in my you know my own personal stuff. Sure. But we've had a few really awesome ones that have just gone crazy. Like, um, and I can give you a little bit of the the heat behind it. Too. Too, a little bit of the color behind it. Sure. So, as one example, um, I, you know, everybody is all in love with Nvidia, and of course, you know, we said in 2006, overweight NASDAQ underweight the Dow, and there were sound reasons for that. And between like 2009 and about 2014, the uh, the NASDAQ actually doubled the Dow in return. So, just that, just knowing how to really get hot in your portfolio and how to avoid companies that are really problematic, and there are real reasons for that. Um, That can really just boost even your own nest egg. You don't have to be a stock picker. But um, of course, Fang stocks and most people are, are, you know, know about those stocks. So Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Nvidia, I add Nvidia, Netflix and Google. And I was looking at NVIDIA, and I lo- still love the company. I mean, their explosive growth, they have super profit margins, but the price is really high, right? You could have bought it for $85 a share a few years ago. It's upwards of 200, probably 250 right now. So um, I started looking at their earnings reports, and in there they were talking about how one of their fastest-growing verticals is actually virtual reality and augmented reality. And so I started thinking, hmm, well, what are the things that people have to – buy today that they didn't have to buy yesterday. I mean, if you're still thinking about the video games of yesterday, um, you know, they didn't really require um, the kinds of headsets and um, video that the augmented reality and the virtual reality do. So I thought, well, maybe that uh, there's going to be some sort of, um, you know, fast growing, you know, headset devices. And lo and behold, I found three different—you know, like I looked, started looking through the top ten headset devices, and then I found a company called Turtle Beach. I lined them up to the competition, which again is the second thing you do because you want to pick the leader. And their growth was 218% year over year. And everybody else was 10%. And even Facebook has a a new headset, which, you know, obviously because they're such a monolithic company, it would just be a very small vertical. But it wasn't even growing anywhere near as fast as Turtle Beach's product was. And it's pretty much the same price. So um, I looked at it and the stock had already jumped. By then, because that report had come out and it was explosive earnings. But I, um, I looked at it, and if you had purchased it, like you know, within the last year, you could have bought it more in the even sixty cents range or a dollar sixty, and it was already trading at thirteen dollars a share. And I went ahead and said, you know what? I still think that this has a lot of legs, and I think they're going to be you know, going forward that it's going to be even more compelling, even more exciting. And right now, um, you know, it's gone as high as, uh, I believe, 40 bucks a share. Right now it's at 21. No, it's gone as high as 35. So what I've been doing there, and that's not due to the company, that's due to the market volatility. So, you know, in my own private portfolio, we're able to buy it at 13. We're able to take um, some of the profits off the table, you know, in the 30 range. And then I was able to rebuy again at 18 a few weeks ago. So, I mean, it's just been great. And that's mostly due to market volatility, which, of course, increases in the 10th year of the bull market.
1: What is the symbol for that stock?
2: Here. H-E-A-R.
1: I see. Very good. Okay. Yeah. Good. Uh, All right. So let's kind of widen out a little bit and kind of talk about the overall market. We've got uh, interest rates have been rising Looks very likely the Federal Reserve is going to raise interest rates again uh, this week. Uh, what is your view of the, how the stock market's doing so well in right in in light of rising interest rates, both short term and long term? The ten-year Treasury is now over three percent, for example.
2: Yeah, and the yield curve is flat, and people are a little worried about it inverting. Um, so, what I here here's my view on it, and this is that um, this this bull market has largely been built on um, companies borrowing money very cheaply and then buying back their own stock. And so, you know, it has, there's still a lot of people with cash on the sidelines. It really has been a story of corporate uh, buybacks. Mm-hmm. Now, um, so, but we have this 4.2%, uh, 4.2% GDP growth that makes people very excited because they've been so accustomed to slow growth, you know, so they think, wow, 4.2. So we're going to hit that number or uh, very close to that number again on Thursday, the, the rate increase will happen, you know, in the afternoon on Wednesday And there may be some volatility there because usually every time the feds bump up the rates, you know, the markets go a little crazy, although, you know, everybody is expecting this to happen. So it might already be built in. There might not be any downturn, especially because most people know the following morning we're going to get the third revision of the second quarter GDP and, um, you know, it's going to be good. So I think what's happening now is even um, in, a, in a little bit, it's it's almost heartbreaking because now what I'm hearing is all these Main Street people who have their money on the sidelines and never got back in in this bull market. Now they're coming back in. So they came back in in 2017. They came back in 2018. So be be very careful. I mean, it, you know, it should never be all or nothing, and that's what really um, I think happens is that people really let their emotions guide their investing, and um, you know, I. I mean, I'm not meaning to just, you know, uh, push a product, but the the pie chart strategies keep you from doing that. Because if you just go by your gut, whenever the markets drop, then you want to sell and that's selling low. And if you just go with, you know, wow, look at how much money everybody's making. Look at 4.2% GDP. Then um, in the 10th year of the bull market, you know, you're buying at an all time high. Could it go higher? Yeah, of course it could. But it's still on a 10 year continuum. You're buying at the top. So you have to be very careful. And a pie chart system is about as close as you get to buy low, sell high rather than the stomach acid system, which is usually sell low and buy high.
1: Yeah. So what are some of the areas that could be impacted the most by rising interest rates that you would want to avoid in this kind of market?
2: Well, I would say, you know, look, this this could definitely... Um, slow down everything because so much has been dependent on corporate buybacks. So what what is kind of interesting here is that there are, of all the investment grade corporations out there, half of them are rated triple B. In other words, they're just a hair breath above you know, into the investment grade. Now, what that means for the average person is, you know, you may not know how much Ford owes or General Electric Oads or Lockheed Martin or any of these companies that were, you know, uh, founded over 50 years ago. They may have really high debt. They may be far more leveraged than you know. So, you know, definitely I would be underweighting the Dow um, the NASDAQ is, t- tends to be better because they don't have all the legacy debt and the pensions and all of that, but they're really pricey. So I would just be very careful. I, again, it's not a matter of all or nothing. I think that, um, you know, in terms of like what industries will be impacted the most, definitely, um, REITs, particularly mall REITs and, um, you know, home builders, that sort of thing. Because
1: sensitive companies you're saying. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, Before we go to a break, people should know that they can find out more about Natalie at her website, which is nataliepace.com, and the phone number for her firm is 310-430-2397, and you have two events coming up, Natalie. Just tell people briefly about uh, the events that you have coming up.
2: Great. So if you really want to learn how to invest and stop making the billionaires rich and save thousands annually, come to me with me three day investor educational retreat. They're a lot of fun. They're completely life transformational. I have one uh, in Arizona in October and another one in Santa Monica in February.
1: And it's actually October 13th through 15th, 2018. And the Santa Monica one is February 16th to 18th. And again, you can call 310 four three oh two three 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 nine seven to find out more about that. We'll be back after this. 4302397 to find out more about that. We'll be back after this.
0: always talking business talk to an expert call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network
3: we've all been there struggling to keep up with credit card payments searching for a simpler safer way out of debt well here it is Cambridge Credit Counseling is a nonprofit service that has been helping people reduce or eliminate their credit card debt for over 20 years. Most of us have made late payments and even gone over our credit limits. Before we know it, our balances are out of control, and we can barely afford to make the minimum payments. If this sounds familiar and you're ready to take control of your debts, call Cambridge right away at 1-800-897-2200 for a debt-free analysis. Cambridge will work with your creditors and may be able to reduce your interest rates and get you out of debt fast. In fact, Cambridge's typical debt management clients save almost $150 every month on their credit card payments and they're debt-free in just 50 months. So there is a simpler, safer way out of debt and it all starts with Cambridge Credit Counseling. Call 1-800-897-2200 for your free debt analysis. Cambridge Credit Counseling is a Massachusetts-based nonprofit agency providing services nationwide. For complete licensing information visit them online at cambridge-credit.org. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners.
2: Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books,
1: Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Wynn-Pace. Uh, she is an investment advisor, a speaker, a uh, stock picker. Uh, she's done a lot of things to help an awful lot of people. Welcome back to the show, Natalie.
2: Thank you so much.
1: So we want to talk about some of the hottest stocks. We talked about artificial uh, reality and virtual reality a little bit, but Tesla is an area that is very controversial. Yeah. Uh, and you have some opinions on whether you should invest in Tesla or not. What What is your view on Tesla?
2: Well, here's the thing about it is that, you know, it's the 10th year of a bull market. And honestly, most people are going to get themselves in trouble with in, investing in individual companies because most people don't have a good exit strategy. And the, the truth is that even in, you know, I, there's that market saying a rising tide lifts all ships, the sinking tide can ground them. So I just want to give that disclaimer up front. Don't invest in individual companies until you really know how to do it and have an exit strategy. Having said that, Electric cars are definitely the fastest growing vertical in the auto manufacturing industry. Like if you look at Tesla's growth compared to Ford and General Motors and, you know, even even, uh, companies like Toyota that are, you know, really strong, like the number one car company in the world, um, Tesla is growing gangbusters. It's like 40% last, um, you know, last quarter year over year. And this in August, they became the top selling US car, the Tesla three by revenue, and they're in the top five by units. So it's a big deal. And uh, just a few days ago, they got the highest safety rating. They aced all of their safety ratings. They got five stars. And that's, you know, that's a federal agency. That's not, you know, something that you can buy off. So, um, you know, it's definitely hitting on all factors. The, The thing about Tesla is this, is that anytime Elon Musk sneezes the wrong way, it makes headlines. And uh, any time, you know, there's a fiery car explosion, it makes headlines. You never hear about, you know, millions of cars that are recalled for any of the other U.S. auto manufacturers. Um, so, you know, he just gets a lot of headlines. And a lot of times it is negative. But the truth of the matter is that this is a fast-growing company that makes great cars.
1: I mean, great. people are obviously worried that they're not going to be able to produce enough, or they've got a huge amount of debt, or they're going to have to keep raising money to keep it all going. They're worried about the financial leverage of Tesla. They're not arguing that the cars aren't good, or they're growing fast. They're just saying the finances of the company make it really risky to to invest in.
2: Yeah, and uh, they're saying that they're going to be cash positive this quarter coming up, and that their production doubled this quarter over second quarter.
1: So, so I, you would invest in Tesla stock is what you're saying.
2: I, uh, I'll go further than that. Full disclosure, I am invested
1: in Tesla okay. stock. Very good. Uh, another area in technology is Chinese technology. Uh, they're growing a lot. Are there some investments you like there? or what, what is your outlook for Chinese technology, particularly in light of the tariffs that are now being imposed all over the, the world?
2: yeah yeah so again, be careful with individual companies, but there's a there are a number of Chinese technology funds out there, and most of them are invested in even some Chinese technology companies that are fantastic that it's very difficult to invest in. For instance, ten cent doesn't list in the u s but if you bought a Chinese technology fund, chances are it's the top holding. so um it's hard to find a Chinese technology company that's not great. I mean, if you do a tech a, a stock report card on on Baidu and on um, Weibo and Tencent and even JD and Ctrip and, uh, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And you're going to see that their um, growth is on average double of whatever their, you know, American counterpart is and their profit margins as well. So it's an a, it's an area we've had it listed as a hot slice of our pie chart for, um, you know, on and off for a number of years. And the only reason it's been off is if it gets too pricey, then we take our profits and we pull it off because... That's the problem is that, like, the Chinese, you know, the tariffs, that's tariff war between the US and China, it could affect both countries negatively. That's what tariffs tend to do. But, um, you know, that uh, is, you know, it's hard to know when it shows up. Like, just the headline of the tariffs makes us, you know, makes the uh, Chinese companies fall off more than the American companies have fallen off. So I would just be careful with it, but um, Chinese technology is a lot harder than the U.S.
1: So what is your outlook as to what's going to happen with the trade war? I mean, as, as we speak today, uh, 200 billion in tariffs have gone on Chinese products, 60 billion in tariffs have gone on U.S. products going there, uh, it seems to be escalating all the time. Do you think there's going to be some kind of a positive resolution out of this trade war?
2: Well. Let's let's put it this way. I don't think that the tariffs are the way to solve the problem of the trade imbalance. And there are many people that think in a different way about the trade imbalance. And they say, okay, so we have a trade imbalance on uh, produced goods. So we spend, you know, we spend about a little maybe $385 billion a year to China to make cheap things for us, from everything from clothing to widgets. But on the other hand, they have a $1.3 billion they buy of our treasury bills. So they buy from us as well. And some people would even say, hey, they, they buy more from us than we buy from them. So um, tariffs are not the way to, to end our imbalance in the produced goods. And they don't have a happy ending in general if you look at economic history. So it's not, uh, it's not great. Um, this administration... Sometimes gets the memo on those kinds of things and changes their stance. I don't know. It seems like it's gone a little far down the road for this to have a happy ending.
1: Yeah. Okay, let's go to another topic, which is gold miners. Now, in the past, you've definitely recommended certain uh, gold mining companies. Gold has been kind of falling and not really doing too much for quite a while. Do you think that's about to turn around? And do you think gold miners are a good place to invest?
2: <laughs> I think it's a good hedge. And the reason I like, uh, again, it's not all or nothing, right? So right now, I would put one, maybe even two, hot slices of gold mining. Sorry, I'm going to cough. <laughs> the reason that I think gold mining over, like just uh, gold bull, you know, gold bullion or gold coins or even uh, a fund that tracks the price of gold, is that the price of gold has come down, you know, close to 38 percent the price of the gold miners have come down about 75 80 percent so you're just buying much lower and as gold prices go up then the gold miners do much better and the price can fluctuate much better so one of the companies that i like a lot um, is an industry veteran you know it's trading now under two dollars a share it's high as 10 and that high was only a few years ago so and it's done that twice over the past decade, where it's gone from you know two dollars to ten dollars. So um, you know, it's what just, what
1: company is that that you're referring to?
2: Um, that's McEwen Mining.
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah.
2: So Rob McEwen has that one. So, um, so that's my thing on gold. And the thing to know about gold is that typically when the dollar is strong, gold is weak and the the dollar strong. Typically when the markets are strong, gold is weak. The interesting thing here is that gold considering those two things has actually held up. Well, it's down for sure. But it's held up well. And my reading the tea leaves on that is that it will go the other way when, go, when um, the markets go down, which they have to at some point. We don't know exactly when. And if the dollar softens. Another thing that a lot of people don't realize is that gold um, has been the investment of choice for both China and Russia for the last 10 years. They have really been beefing up their own um, reserves in it. And uh, Russia recently sold, in June, recently sold almost all of their T-bills. They sold 90% of their T-bills. So um, there's a move to try to break the U.S. monopoly on the dollar and to build up gold reserves. And China's trying to trade more with their partners uh, using their own currency, and they're backing it with gold. So um, It's really a
1: hedge. You're saying it's a hedge. I mean, right now, it doesn't look like it's going to be growing. But it's a hedge in case things turn around. It, it would well, do well I with other think things it could
2: be, I think anything that can go from $2 to $10 to me is something that could potentially be hot. Yeah. And um, so I think it's also, that's why I say it's, it's nice in the 10th year of a bull market to have something that could go up if the markets go down.
1: Now, another thing, you're very big on clean energy in various ways. We talked a little bit about electric cars with uh, Tesla, uh, but a, a play on that is lithium. Uh, is your belief that lithium is something people should invest in right now as a, a source for electric car batteries?
2: Yeah, the companies are pricey, but lithium is a fast-growing market. There's going to be an IPO um, of a new lithium company, a, break, a spinoff of FMC, which is an American company. So there's only about three real lithium mining companies. There's one out of Chile, SQM is the ticker. There's FMC, and then there's Albermal ALB. But they're pricey. So just be aware of that. Um, but yeah, and, and the other companies like Livent, which is going to be the new IPO, is going to be just lithium. The other companies have copper and other things in there as well.
1: So copper, you you, you, th- you say they're pricey, but you think it's worth a shot, is what you're saying?
2: Well, the, the problem with the other companies is that they're pricey and they're not a strict lithium play. And some of the other things that they have, uh, like for instance, if they have copper, Copper prices are down low, so the next quarter is going to not be so good on the copper end. So I wouldn't necessarily be investing in the pricey uh, lithium miners because they are not just lithium.
1: You've in the past played solar companies. What other ways would you encourage people to invest in clean energy?
2: Well, I'll tell you what the low-hanging fruit here, if you live in a, um, a sunny state, and you'll eliminate your electric bill. And you bought an electric car, and you power it with your own solar. For most people, that's a savings of anywhere from four to five thousand dollars a year. So everybody's out there looking for like, can I get a four percent return on my money? Well, if you look at that as a bond equivalent, it's like a twenty percent ROI. So I think most people should be looking at that, and they should be looking at it now because at the end of twenty nineteen. The one third um, the 30% tax credit that you get starts phasing out. So I do think that's really the lowest hanging fruit and, and the highest highest ROI. If you live in Seattle, it's not gonna work for you. But if you live in a sunny state, you should be looking at that now because prices are still relatively low. You get a third tax, I mean 30% tax credit, and you eliminate electric bill, and you can even eliminate your gasoline bill. If you um, ended up with an electric car. And by the way, that's another thing I think we should mention is that um, with regard to Tesla and the exit strategy, Tesla loses its tax credit in 2019 while it starts grandfathering down. It still has its full tax credit in 2018. So that's a big question mark. Like this has, if you're gonna go into uh, Tesla as an individual company, you have to be aware that once they get that first quarter. Uh, 2019 earnings report, if they haven't figured out how to sell cars without a $7,500 tax credit, that's going to be a weaker um, earnings report. But that's coming up. Um, you know, that, that won't happen until you know, early 2019.
1: Before we go to break, just tell people again about the upcoming events you have and uh, how they can find out more about them.
2: Great. So I I would love to have you come to one of my three day investor educational retreat. We have the Stargazers retreat in Arizona, October 13th through the 15th and the Valentine's retreat, which is a boardroom retreat. And actually, there's only five seats still available at that one. That's going to be February 16th. 2019 in Santa Monica, California. Now, I wanted to tell you that we love Jordan so much and Money Answers show that I'm totally willing to give you a free private prosperity coaching session. It's valued at 300 bucks. If you register for a retreat, you just have to mention Money Answers or Jordan Goodman and we're happy to give you that.
1: And people can uh, find out more again uh, by calling uh, 310-430-2397. Or go to Natalie's website, nataliepace.com. We'll be back after this.
4: Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk.
1: We can help. Call us now toll free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
4: Attention heroes, current and former firefighters, law enforcement, military, medical, or educational professionals. Heroes can receive rewards averaging over $2,500 when they buy, sell, or refinance a home. Heroes come first. Along with the Homes for Heroes is the nation's largest hero reward program. Their mission is to provide extraordinary savings to heroes who provide extraordinary services to our nation and its communities every day. Learn how you. You can purchase a home for no down payment, no closing costs, and get money back at closing. Find out how you can own for less than you may pay for rent. Get your hero rewards at heroescomefirst.com. That's heroes, H-E-R-O-E-S, comefirst.com. 888-437-6114. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. 88%
1: of financially successful people read at least 30 minutes a day. They are hungry for knowledge and learning every chance they get. Blinkist gets you there faster than you could ever imagine. Blinkist is the only app that takes thousands of the best-selling nonfiction books and distills them so you can read or listen to them in under 15 minutes, all on your phone. I like to listen to Blinkist when I commute to my office. The Blinkist library is massive, from timeless classics like The Power of Habit, to current bestsellers like 12 Rules for Life. My personal recommendation is to check out Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com moneyanswers to start your free seven-day trial. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash moneyanswers to start your free seven-day trial. You can cancel any time. Blinkist.com slash Money Answers.
0: You've been listening to The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's
1: 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answers Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. She is a stock picker, investment analyst. She has her own seminars and uh, an all-around helpful, wonderful person. Welcome back to the show, Natalie.
2: Thanks so much. Glad to be here.
1: So let's talk about social media stocks. Uh, Facebook and Google, uh, Weibo, all these companies have been really hot. Do, do you still like them at current prices?
2: Well, they are definitely really pricing. But I think also what we should be uh, throwing in there is Snapchat. Um, And this one is a bit more of a warning, right? Because uh, everybody was very interested in investing in Snapchat when it uh, came out as IPO last year. And again, using that, uh, you know, the three ingredient recipe for cooking up profits, the stock report card, and the four questions, um, I did an analysis pre IPO that basically said avoid this one. And of course, the stock has really gone in the toilet. So there's just a difference. And sometimes a company that's popular and its users is not uh, well run. I mean, if we were, think back to MySpace, right? Damn. And it was the biggest thing. And then Facebook came into prominence and MySpace just bit the dust. And Snap was really popular when it launched its IPO, but it it didn't have the indicators that looked like it was going to really be well um, well run. And when we think about that, we have to think about Twitter as well, which has certainly not had the success that Facebook has. So with regard to social media, you have to really be looking at this from a different standpoint than just the consumer so you know peter lynch used to famously say you know if you like this uh if you like the story you'll love the stock but um what i found is that you really do need to do the stock report card and ask the four questions because um some of these companies where you do like the product today um, it's not going to be well run and it may not even be around for you to like tomorrow
1: let's talk about another super hot area that's not as hot anymore is cryptocurrency and we had Bitcoin and Ethereum and all these companies, not companies, but coins soaring dramatically last year, plunging this year. What is your long term view on cryptocurrencies and is it something people should be investing in?
2: Um, Well, first off, is that uh, not at today's price. So um, but if you do want to invest in it, you know, I've been a big fan of limit orders. And let me tell you why. Like last year. There was a flash crash in Ethereum, and it went from over $300 to $0.10 in a matter of a few minutes. And there was somebody with a limit buy order at $0.10 that had, had to have it fulfilled. So um, if you're going to play in crypto, then be uh, crazy optimistic about a super low price and just have it out there in a limit order. Um, And then you're going to have to be, you know, someone who's also an opportunist in the profit taking because it's too volatile and it's still too early stage. So, I mean, we could get into Schumpeter's theories of economics about how, you know, an emerging industry like this has the boom period and then it has the bust period and then it has that other period of sustained growth. We're still in the boom period of crypto. And what's even more startling is that we are actually in the scam period of crypto. I cannot tell you how many cryptocurrency scams I've seen out there. No. And that's the bigger story here. Is, and also, by the way, um, everybody that I know who tried to sell Bitcoin at 20000 a coin the site had crashed and they couldn't yep. do it. They, they were not getting their orders fulfilled. So um, the, the, the reason for the big crash is hedge funds moved in. And by the way, you know hedge funds have all kinds of um, you know, fast trading uh, strategies and machines that help them to be first in line and to do things faster and to do it in a measured way so you don't even know what's hit you. So just be very careful in this space. Um, I, yeah, I do think that cryptocurrency and blockchain are here to stay, but they're kind of being folded into our current financial system. So whether or not it will end up being its own standalone product, I'm not positive, but I do know this. it There is no currency that can be worth $20,000 one day and be worth $6,000 the next day. That's not yeah. currency.
1: So are there some ancillary plays? For example, some people play mining of cryptocurrencies not directly buying coins but uh, industries that benefit from cryptocurrencies are there some ancillary plays to way to play well, the whole cryptocurrency craze
2: I'm sure that there are things that I don't have on my radar, but I would be very careful with mining because the, one of the biggest um, prohibitive factors of uh, this whole thing right now is that mining takes up a massive amount of electricity. So there are some people that are trying to mine out of their own house and their electric bills are just through the roof and it's going to be very hard to recover that. So the costs of mining of these mining companies could be really prohibitive and something, unless you're really a great analyst, and you know how to analyze this, that's probably not, it's going to be difficult for them to turn a profit. So right now it's really early stage. It's very speculative and clearly, um, you know, it's something that could be very problematic for a lot of investors.
1: So another hot area, which is kind of early stage is the whole marijuana stock area, which have been soaring and plunging and very volatile Yeah. as, as Canada is about to fully legalize both recreational and medical marijuana, in October. What, what is your view of playing that, that whole area of marijuana-related stocks?
2: Well, here's, here's the thing. a lot of these really are having these kind of boom and bust moments, even the ones that are selling real products like a canopy and that sort of thing. So, you know, as you were pointing out to me, one that I hadn't even seen before Tilray. I mean, it's really hard to have something that is worth $300 one day and a hundred bucks, you know, a week later. So this is something, again, um, it's early stage, it's a booming market. A lot of these companies are still cash negative. So that's, you know, what happens? Remember the internet thing that, that is the regular cycle of things is that the first stage is where everybody is developing the technology and everybody and their brother is becoming a grower or, you know, has a cannabis product. And then you have the boom where all of a sudden the, you know, the stock goes to the moon and then you have the bust where everybody gets handed back their, um, their egos. And, all of the companies that weren't legitimate, that were just out of the back, you know, back garage, they get washed out. And only the Googles and you know, those big real companies survive. So just be aware of that, that that's a common cycle. Those companies today that are trying to, to be legitimate, a few years ago were criminal. Yeah. A lot of them still, a lot of the smaller ones still can't even get a bank account opened. And honestly, in the US, um, you know, cannabis can't cross borders easily. So you just have to be aware of the fact that these companies mostly cash negative. Some of them are pump and dump schemes. This is another area where I'm seeing a lot of scams and you get a lot of these um, these, comp- these stock newsletters that have a large uh, marketing presence on social media saying, you're going to buy this penny pot stock now. And then, you know, they're basically just lining their own coffers. They're lining their yeah. own wa- wallets with yours. There was somebody I know that had subscribed to one of those newsletters and had literally over the course of six months uh, bought into about 100 different stocks, many of them uh, penny pot stocks. And almost every one of them looked like um, you know just a pencil, where they bought it at the top, and the minute they bought it, you know the the marketers sold it. It was a yeah. complete pump and dump. Pump,
1: pump and dump as they call it, right?
2: Yeah, pump and dump.
1: One of the things you look for are asset bubbles are some of the things we've been talking about. You consider an asset bubble the pot stocks, the cryptocurrencies, uh, or, or where else are you seeing asset bubbles in the economy?
2: Yeah, and by the way, I'm not the only one concerned about that, right? This is something, this is the reason that we're getting interest rates raised. Because in the past, like distant past, they used to say, use inflation as the indicator. You know, if inflation starts to rise, we want to be ahead of it. And we're going to raise the Fed funds rate so we can cool the economy down. Now what they're seeing is that the excesses, and this is a term that Jerome Powell used in his speech at Jackson Hole last month, the excesses are coming in the financial markets. So real estate prices are higher than ever. Stocks are higher than ever. Bonds are higher than ever. Um, Alan Greenspan went on Bloomberg TV in January and said that stocks and bonds are in a bubble. Real estate is higher than ever. Did you know that there is still about 10% of homeowners with a mortgage are still underwater with real estate prices higher than ever. So these are asset bubbles. They're unsustainable. Real estate is unsustainable at those levels because less than 10% of people can really afford to buy at those prices in a lot of the major cities. That's unsustainable.
1: So uh, if, if you think there are these unsustainable asset bubbles, what do you do? Are you trying to short them or I mean, are there things you avoid? How would you deal with those bubbles?
2: Well, what I would do is I would get right if I were the average person and I didn't know what I was what I was hearing. Like if, if you're listening to this and you don't know what I'm talking about or what Jordan and I are talking about, your best bet right now is to get a second opinion. I think the most important thing is people don't realize that they're over leveraged or they're at risk. And if you lost more than a third in the Great Recession, the 10th year of the bull market is the right time to make sure you're safe, protected, and hot, and that you know what's safe in a world where stocks and bonds and real estate are a bubble.
1: Before we go to break, just tell them again about the uh, two events you have coming up and how they can find out more about them.
2: Okay. So again, uh, I'd love to have you at either my Valentine's retreat in the beautiful beach town of Santa Monica. Or our Stargazers retreat in Arizona. Arizona is October and Santa Monica is February. There's only five seats in Santa Monica because that's a boardroom retreat. And the one thing I'll tell you about this, it's three full days. So day one is um, nest egg strategies. Day two is um, how to get hot and avoid the bailouts. And day three is what's safe and how to get safe. So you go home with a financial foundation that can withstand the storms. But it can also beat the markets, and it's all in easy as a pie chart strategy, so it's not at all, it's less time and less money than most people spend.
1: And you can find out more at Nataliepace.com or her phone number 310-430-2397. We'll be back after this.
5: From the boardroom to you. Voice
0: America Business Network.
5: Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth in Equities Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth in Equity's program.
0: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
1: Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. She is an author, a speaker, a stock picker, all around helpful to investors. Welcome back to the show, Natalie. Thank you. So one of the big things you believe in is sustainability and kind of protecting the earth. You have what's called the Earth Gratitude Project and Challenge. Just tell us a little bit about that.
2: So, um, you know, we it kind of came together because we were saying, hey, Earth Day doesn't have a ritual. And in fact, a lot of people who are really into sustainability and love the earth, um, you know, they don't even know what day it is. It's April 22nd every year. So we said, hey, why don't we have a ritual where every April 22nd, in honor of Mother Earth, you would power down and get as close to personal net zero as possible, but you have fun with it. Like one year, you might go and test drive an electric car, or the next year, you might switch out to LED lighting, or the following year, you might ride a bike to the beach and have a, you know, Uh, drum circle on the beach so you know the part you want to make it fun but you also want to try something that you haven't done before and again that the idea of personal net zero for an hour Um, I just think it's pretty cool and it always reveals something new that you might do. And, and it's really interesting because a lot of the things that, you know, we think are going to be a pain in the butt, uh, when we just do them, they're, they're so cool. Like, you know, switch out your, uh, LEDs and all of a sudden you notice that your lighting bill has been slashed by 85%. You have more money, you know, um, you put solar panels and your $300 electric bill goes to $30. That's pretty awesome too. So there's so many ways that um, this even benefits our own wallet, but we just need that extra bit of motivation to try something new.
1: One trend that kind of works into that is what you call micro-mobility. What is that and how do you invest in that trend?
2: You know, it's interesting because, um, you know, it's very controversial among anybody over the age of, say, 45 and not at all um, in in the millennials. So what you've been seeing is like in the major cities, like in Santa Monica, San Francisco, even in New York, they've been trying to do it, are all these electric scooters. And they are the uh, solution of what we call the last half mile. So, you know, like in Santa Monica, it's a a town that's eight miles across. Like, that's it. You can get, if you're in the center of it, you can go anywhere in any direction, about three or four miles, and you're at the edge of the city. So what a lot of people do now, instead of driving their car and then spending, you know, 10 to $25 to park, uh, and also the streets have just been jam-packed, is that they'll just jump on one of these little scooters, and they're everywhere in Santa Monica. And you have an app, and maybe one, you know, take the scooter from here to there. It's $1 or $1.50. fifty. So it's super cheap. It's super fast. It's actually You actually get there faster than if you were driving and parking. And um, it's a great solution for cities that have gridlock, traffic gridlock. So um, it is controversial because, of course, everybody thinks, you know, anytime something new happens. It's so funny. I was at one point, um, you know, back in the day, you know, I've done clean energy for a long time. And I was talking to the secretary of the Navy. And he was saying he was switching over and developing a lot of alternative fuels for the Navy because he said, "Hey, when I when we're fighting wars in the Middle East, we have to buy our fuel from sometimes from our, our the people that we're engaging with um, because you can't truck your own fuel from the U.S. over to the Middle East. You actually have to buy from the Saudis, right? Yeah. So they were developing, uh, you know, clean energy solutions for the naval fleet." And he said, you know, he's getting a lot of flack about it, but he said, that's just the way it always goes. He said, you know, when we just had sailing ships. And we wanted to go to steam. Everybody's like, "Why are you doing that? The the wind is free, you know." But but the steam's more reliable. And then you go from steam to nuclear, and then you go from nuclear to trying to develop these other, um, you know, clean energy strategies for for your naval fleet or for whatever. So anytime there's a new innovation, um, it's always met with you know resistance because people have gotten used to something. Um, so what we're seeing is that micromobility is being embraced by millennials, and a lot of older folks are kind of saying, oh, it's this, it's that. And I'm just telling you, these companies that are doing this, like Bird and Lime, which is owned by um, Lyft, they, their valuations on those companies are already in the $3 billion range. It's It's too early for most people to invest in it unless you're in private equity, but it is something to put on your radar, and I do think that it's going to be something we will be able to invest in going forward.
1: You have a, new, a book called The ABCs of Money, which you've just come out with a new edition of Us, Just tell us a little bit about what's in that book.
2: Yeah, so that one was written to kind of help you in all aspects of money. Um, so from better budgeting, reducing debt, buying a home, uh, investing in stocks, investing in bonds, and even um, some of these strategies that we've talked about, how to invest in things like solar panels or electric cars, that the ROI eliminates a bill. And if you start thinking about, you know, how you can eliminate bills and have more money, that means more bucket list vacations while providing better for tomorrow. So um, the book, it's out with 2018 data. If you want to make sure you're getting the second edition, I recommend that you go to nataliepace.com and click on the ABCs of Money book cover so that you get that. Um, It's only available right now in Kindle and it's only four bucks. So it's definitely worth your uh, four bucks. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Very good. So looking forward, it sounds like you're relatively optimistic, although you see some potential uh, roadblocks here as far as the, the tariffs and the trade wars and rising interest rates. Is that basically uh, looking into next year, you have a relatively optimistic view?
2: What I would say is this. I I think people need to make sure that they're safe, protected and hot. So a good strategy is to never want to be uh, that your strategy only works if you're right. For most people, the best investment is going to be in wisdom and in learning how to be the boss of your money. Because if you just are having it managed by something and stocks and bonds are in a bubble, I, I, I'm not the one that said that that's Alan Greenspan, although I believe it's true. Um, that's the only product that your financial advisor can sell you. That's the only product that your HR person can offer you in your 401k. So you need to understand what's safe, hot, and protected and diversified. It's never all in or all out. Am I optimistic about the next quarter that or the, this next report that's coming out um, uh, on Thursday? Yes. However, the one after that that's coming out in the of October is going to be lower, So, um, I'm not as optimistic about that.
1: Yeah. Another thing you've talked about is the unspoken housing crisis in America. What is the unspoken housing crisis in America?
2: Yeah. And I, I think we were talking off the, you know, about this a little bit. So, so housing prices are higher than ever and most people can't afford them. And even rent has gone crazy. So it's taking up a big piece of people's budgets and, um, 5.1 million homeowners with a mortgage still underwater. They're getting completely fleeced on that deal um, because, you know, they they got in trouble. Right now, we're also seeing people using their home equity as an ATM machine trying to, you know, stay afloat in an unsustainable lifestyle. So that's part of what I outline in the ABCs of money. A lot of people have a myth that if you just you know cut out cafe lattes and avocado toast and stop spending so much money on shoes, that your budget's going to do better. And it's always a good idea to be frugal, but that's not the reason your budget is not doing well. It's because of these bubbles. It's because of the unaffordability of housing. It's because of you know stocks are higher than ever and bonds are higher than ever and people don't realize that, that they come down. So um, I just want you to be aware of the fact that now's the time to really get your house in order because a good house can withstand a financial storm. It's not gonna happen you know, this week or even this month. But the thing about a recession or a correction is it never happens like a kaboom. It always happens like from the top to the bottom. It's usually 18 month period. And by the time you get the headlines that we're in trouble, we're actually at the time when you should be overweighting into stocks again because that's probably the bottom. So don't wait for the headlines on this. Get your financial house in order now, and then you'll do great. You can still continue going up with the stocks and bonds, and you can also be protected in case they start heading the other way.
1: Terrific. And there are two minutes or so left. Just tell people one last time about the event you have coming up with a special offer for Money Answers listeners.
2: Yes. So money answers, mention money answers. You'll get a free coaching session valued at $300. It's private prosperity coaching session. And that's for people who register for a three day investor educational retreat. And by the way, I do want to mention this. Most people report earning back the price of the retreat in budget savings alone within the first few months. I, the, the people that use my strategy and protected their assets and earned gains in the last recession, that's worth hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. So this is a small investment in something that will change your life forever.
1: And again, you can find out more at nataliepace.com or her phone number is 310-430-2397. We've covered a lot of ground, Natalie. I think people have a pretty good sense of your wide range of knowledge on many different topics.
2: Thank you, Jordan. I really It's always an engaging conversation, and I'm so glad to be on your show anytime.
1: Terrific. Well, thanks so much, and we'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answers Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan
0: Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com, and be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.